Welcome to today's show. We have very disturbing information. An article revealing the fact that Dr. Fauci and the NIH is involved in the harvesting of body parts of young babies. Yes, shocking news. I'm not shocked at all, but for the world, this is shocking news. Let us jump right into the article. The article is written by Ethan Huff, published by the Epoch Times and corroborated by many other agencies, even though those other agencies are not to be trusted because they are part of the TNI, Trusted News Initiative, which means the TNI program and TNI group have made a pact together in December 2020 that they will not release any information that contradicts each other. So whatever is true cannot come out. The only thing that can come out and be released is what is to be digested by the public. What has been decided should be digested by the public. Either way, we have government agencies that have been exposed at this present time. The University of Pittsburgh, the NIH, HHS, the Department of Health and Human Services, so and also the Center for Medical Progress has um, done some surveillance on this issue and has brought out some details on this issue that we're getting ready to discuss. So let us jump right in. The article is titled, The University of Pittsburgh Caught Harvesting Live Baby Body Parts Prior to Abortions. Organ harvesting experiments funded by Dr. Fauci and the NIH. Natural News also reports. The latest information dropped from Judicial Watch has revealed that the University of Pittsburgh, thanks to funding from Tony Fauci, has been harvesting body parts from live babies just prior to aborting them. Large taxpayer grants sent by Fauci to the University of Pittsburgh via the Department of Health and Human Services have been used to harvest hearts, legs, brains, and other body parts and organs from unborn babies, which were then cut up, cut up, and stored, we now have learned. The Center for Medical Progress alleges that Pittsburgh Pennsylvania, or Pittsburgh University, I'm sorry. Pittsburgh, or the University of Pitt, removes the body parts from the baby's bodies before they are terminated, meaning the children are murdered alive, all thanks to Dr. Fauci. It is important to emphasize. Natural News has been at the forefront of reporting on all of this, by the way, for years. Natural News drew attention to this aborted baby body parts racket only to be accused by the establishment of spreading wild conspiracy theories that once again have now been proven to be 100% irrefutably true. What a shame. How disgusting. But yes, the fact of the matter is is that everything that is true 
is called a conspiracy theory. And all that is fake, false, and contrived, fixed, arranged, organized, and designed is what you're told you better believe is the truth. From the ministry of truth. The CMP, the Center for Medical Progress, explained that the school has admitted that ischemia time. Let me go back. The CMP explained that the school has admitted that ischemia time that it cited in an application for federal tax money for its abortion program refers to the time after the tissue collection procedure, reports WND's Bob Unruh. The CMP explained, ischemia starts when the organ, the kidneys primarily in Pitt's GUD map project, is cut off from blood circulation. The NIH defines ischemia as lack of blood supply to a part of the body. The university states the fetal organs do not undergo ischemia, meaning lose their blood supply until after the tissue collection procedure. I'm going to say that again. The university states the fetal organs do not undergo ischemia, lose their blood supply until after the tissue collection procedure. So what this is telling you is, is that the babies are alive during the process of torture while being dissected and cut up. The article goes on to say what this means, of course, is that the tiny babies whose hearts are still beating are being ripped apart by Pitt with Fauci's blessing. Pitt is now admitting to news. Pitt is now admitting to the news media that the aborted babies are still alive at the time their kidneys are cut out for NIH grant money, says CMP chief David Delighton. I'll say that again for those who didn't hear me the first time. Pitt is now admitting to, to the news media that the aborted babies are still alive at the time their kidneys are cut out for NIH grant money, says CMP Chief David Delighton. Pitt's grant application for GUDMAP advertised this to the federal government and that labor induction abortions where the baby is pushed out of the mother hole would be used to obtain the tissue. The plain meaning of GUDMAP or GUDMAP grant application and the University of Pittsburgh's statement today explaining it is that Pitt and the Planned Parenthood abortion providers responsible for its research abortions are allowing babies some of the age of viability to be delivered alive and then killing them by cutting their kidneys out. Question, why didn't Bill Barr put a stop to these horrors while he was the Attorney General? Because all of this took place during Donald Trump's presidency. It is important to note. The gory details about this mass genocide operation were reported far and wide by the independent media throughout the Trump years, only to be ignored 
Why did Bill Barr, Trump's latter appointed attorney general, not do anything about this when he knew full well that it was happening? In Delighton's view, Barr should be impeached and hauled before Congress to explain himself. Merrick Garland reported, sorry, Merrick Garland reportedly promised the Senate Judiciary Committee that he would make decisions about fetal tracking prosecutions based on both the facts and the law. And yet thus far, absolutely nothing has been done on that front. Delighton, this writer and many others want to know why nothing is being done against Dr. Fauci and the University of Pittsburgh and all others who are involved with this mass genocide of the innocent. The more nothing gets done, the more the cup of God's wrath against this wicked nation fills to the brim. Dr. Anthony Fauci, whose NIAID office funds nearly 60% of NIH-sponsored fetal experimentation, was recently grilled by Senator Rand Paul about unethical government-sponsored gain-of-function experiments, Delighton explains. The Senate Judiciary Committee should call Barr, Garland, the FBI Director Ray, the NIH Director Collins, and Dr. Fauci, and representatives of Pitt and Planned Parenthood to face the same imperative scrutiny for the enabling of partial birth abortions and infanticide in the government-sponsored human traffic of aborted infants. This concludes the article which reveals the harvesting of live baby body parts prior to their abortion. Organ harvesting experiments funded by the White House Chief Medical Officer or Chief Advisor, Dr. Fauci, and the NIH. Now, since we're discussing the NIH and the NIAID and Dr. Fauci, we might as well transition on over into another article from a medical database. A study that was funded by the National Institute of Health and National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. All of these materials that you're getting ready to hear are provided by Georgia State University. These details can also be found in Science Direct, published on May 3rd, 2021. They also can be found in the PNAS. In the PNAS stands for the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Now I pulled this article out, analyzed it three days ago, but I've been very busy and was unable to address it. So I'm gonna go ahead and attach it to the article that we just covered. 
So we have some people out there who are questioning. Well, they're not really questioning because 99% of the Earth's population has no idea what graphene oxide is. They have no idea what it is. 99% of medical doctors have no idea what graphene oxide is. I said 99% of medical doctors have no clue of what graphene oxide is. Neither do they have the instruments within their offices to analyze it under a microscope or with machinery to be able to explain the nature the functionality and even the existence of graphene oxide. So if the doctors are not qualified to speak about it, then we definitely know the stupid media is not qualified to speak about it because they're not trained in any medical science at all. The only science they're trained in is the science of lying. So because we have short time, I'm going to move to this very quick at lightning speed. And let us jump right in. An article published by the PNAS Science Direct and corroborated and followed up with the Georgia State University and many other institutions that were involved. This article is called, so let me, let me frame this correctly. The question is, is there graphene oxide in your shots? Well, it's been stated and it's been confirmed by La Cuenta Columna in España or in Spain. Many studies have been done and the Pfizer vaccines have clearly been found to be almost 98% graphene oxide contained within the proprietary blend, cocktail potion 98% laboratories in Italy have corroborated the same laboratories in Australia have corroborated the same or found the same so the bottom line is it does contain graphene oxide period in a different show we'll address what graphene oxide is but the bottom line that to keep it very succinct graphene oxide is a material that is very sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies and to electromagnetic fields and to microwave technology. It can be connected to the internet. It can be remote controlled. It, it can self-assemble itself and it does and it can self-assemble itself to create circuitry that can be accessed externally by computers and electromagnetic frequencies. It can be manipulated. A cell phone call. The emanation of electromagnetic, electromagnetic waves from a cell phone itself can activate, excite, move, and compose graphene oxide nanoparticles. It is literally a chemical demon. Anyway, the question is, the question was, 
Is there graphene oxide in these messenger RNA shots and uh, vaccines that are associated with COVID-19? Well, the answer is yes, there is. But the thing is, remember the Trusted News Initiative, the TNI, which includes agencies that don't, that don't even deal with the news, such as Google, search engines, and all of this, all of the like. So when you type in graphene oxide, before you can even finish your sentence, the search engine already comes up talking about, oh, fact check, fact check, false information. There is no connection between graphene oxide and the Pfizer shots and blah, 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 blah. And, and this is a nervous psychological reaction. The fact that that's the first 15 things that pop up when you type in graphene oxide reveals the fact that something's being hidden. That behavior, that nervous, frantic attempt to direct people away from the truth has revealed that what you're trying to direct us away from is the truth. And now to prove and corroborate that it's the truth is the reason why I'm getting ready to address this scientific article taken from scientific and chemical literature from prestigious publications. It's gonna corroborate, validate, and vindicate what I'm saying. This article is called Intranasal Influenza Vaccine Enhances Immune Response and Offers Broad Protection. Intranasal Influenza, the flu vaccine, enhances immune response and offers broad protection. Let us jump right in. Intranasal means nasal administration, that which is sprayed up the nose. Many people have already gotten these flu shots quite a few times over the past 10 years. What they didn't know is that you've had graphene oxide sprayed up into your nasal pathways and distributed throughout your body to be accessed at a later date externally via electronic means. Horrific. Anyway, let us jump right in. Recurring seasonal flu epidemics and potential pandemics are among the most severe threats to public health. Current seasonal influenza vaccines induce strain-specific immunity and are less effective against mismatched strains. Broadly protective influenza vaccines are urgently needed. So in the first paragraph, they just let you know that your flu vaccine is basically worthless. Not even basically worthless, it is worthless. It is unable to keep up with mismatched strains. So what you are taking is a cocktail of poison for no apparent reason at all. Supposing that you're helping yourself, but really you're dismantling, degenerating, deteriorating, weakening, and killing yourself systematically. Next paragraph. Intranasal vaccines are a promising strategy for combating infectious respiratory diseases, such as influenza. They are more effective than vaccines injected into a muscle because they can induce mucosal immune responses in respiratory tracts, preventing infection at the portal of virus entry. They can also stimulate systemic immune responses throughout the body. This paragraph lets you know that coronaviruses and viru influenza viruses enter the doorway the same way as many other viruses 
in this similar category. And actually the reason I put this note over top of this is because in one of my former episodes, one of the doctors explained clearly that this virus that we're fighting against comes in through the door. It doesn't come in through your arm. It doesn't come in through your bloodstream. It comes in through your air passageways. So what you're taking has no bearing on that virus. Anyway, let us move on. Scientists can overcome vaccine safety concerns in the long production phase, the long production phase, the long production phase of virus-based influenza vaccines by constructing intranasal vaccines with recombinant proteins or peptides. Recombinant involves genetic engineering and the creating of a chimeric mixture of genetic materials via the process of recombination. Just to make that a little bit more plain. This paragraph lets us know that the production phase of virus-based vaccines take a long time. They can't be done within 30 to 90 days like Bill Gates wants. Not usually. Even this prestigious article is letting you know. It takes a lot of time. And I'll begin again. Let us cover it again. Scientists can overcome vaccine safety concerns and the long production phase of virus-based influenza vaccines by constructing intranasal vaccines with recombinant proteins or peptides. However, these vaccines are poor at producing immune responses, so it's necessary to have potent mucosal adjuvants. It's necessary to have potent mucosal adjuvants. Adjuvants are pharmacological, immunological agents that enhance or modify the effects of exemplia gratia, or for example, drugs, vaccines. Adjuvants are substances that enhance the body's immune response to antigens, the molecular structures on pathogens. The absence of appropriate mucosal adjuvants currently hinders the development of such a vaccine. In this study, the researchers developed an intranasal influenza vaccine using recombinant hemagglutinin, HA, a protein found on the surface of influenza viruses as the antigen component of the vaccine. HA is integral to the ability of influenza viruses to cause infection. Now we're getting ready to get into the key. We're getting ready to get into the nuts and bolts of this small article. They also created a two-dimensional nanomaterial polyethylenamine functionalized graphene oxide nanoparticles. Hmm. You guys did what? I'll read it again. 
They also created a two-dimensional nanomaterial polyethylenamine functionalized graphene oxide nanoparticles and found that it displayed potent adjuvant immunoenhancing effects on influenza vaccines delivered intranasally. The findings are published in the journal proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. So, they just now told you blatantly to your face that they are using two-dimensional, functionalized graphene oxide nanoparticles in intranasally transmitted flu vaccines. Now let us continue. For all those liars out there, like Snopes, like Associated Press, like Reuters, like CNN, like ABC, CBS, PBS, BBC, France 24, Der Spiegel, doesn't matter who it is. If they say that graphene oxide would never be put into a shot, there's no reason to associate graphene oxide medically with vaccines, shots, Injections, infung, infungin. They're liars. And we have the information and documentation of the studies held in the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences to corroborate that you're all liars. You're all liars. But that's okay, Mockingbird Media. I don't listen to you anyway. I'm a real researcher, so I don't have to rely on the news. We deal into the origins, the etymology. We, we, we go to the root of all things. Therefore, we don't need your empty rhetoric. Next paragraph. Conventional flu vaccines predominantly induce antibody responses, said Dr. Boazong Wang, senior author of the study, principal investigator of the National Institute of Health grant supporting the study, and a professor in the Institute, of, Institute for Biomedical Sciences. However, recent research demonstrates that lung resident memory T-cell responses are indispensable for optimal cross-protection against pulmonary influenza infection. The development of lung resident T-cell responses requires vaccination by a respiratory route or influenza virus infection. Our research opens a new path for the development of needle-free and logistically simplified intranasal flu vaccines for cross-protection. In our study, we reported for the first time that two-dimensional graphene oxide nanomaterials had a potent adjuvant effect in boosting the immune responses of intranasal hemagglutinin HA vaccines, said Dr. Chu Hongdong, lead author of the study and a postdoctoral research fellow in Dr. Boazong Wang's lab in the Institute for Biomedical Sciences. This study gives new insights into developing high-performance intranasal vaccine systems with two-dimensional sheet-like nanoparticles. They would be talking about graphene oxide. That's exactly precisely what they're making reference to. He goes on to say, 
The graphene oxide nanoparticles have extraordinary attributes for drug delivery. Drug delivery. Drug delivery. Just as the patents reveal from Sinopeg that it's involved in the drug delivery of the messenger RNA cocktail into the cell for the SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19 pandemic. This is the technology platform that is being used. This is the unnamed trade secret that's not going to be named in the excipient sheet or adjuvant list when looking at what is in the vaccine for Pfizer, BioNTech, AstraZeneca, Oxford, J&J. So don't expect to see it. It's a trade secret. You can only understand what its purpose and what it's important is if you understand what is needed for the successful drug delivery of the payload into the cell. Graphene oxide is that mechanism that allows for such a successful delivery of the payload into the cell. Now let us move on. The graphene oxide nanoparticles have extraordinary attributes for drug delivery or vaccine development, such as the ultra-large surface area for high-density antigen loading, and the vaccine showed superior immuno-enhancing properties in vitro and in vivo. The nanoplatform could be easily adapted for constructing mucosal vaccines for different respiratory pathogens. The study conducted in mice and in cell cultures found the nanoparticles significantly enhanced immune responses at mucosal surfaces and throughout the body in mice and throughout the body, throughout the body in mice, throughout the body in mice. Why am I saying that? Because the biodistribution studies out of Japan regarding Pfizer shows that the nanomaterials that are injected into your deltoid muscle travel and circulate throughout the body. They even specifically weaken the blood-brain barrier, makes it more permeable, and enters into directly the region of the brain and causes inflammation. It opens the gateways and doors allowing the spike protein to go into your brain and wreak havoc and cause inflammation and clots. But it doesn't only go to your brain, it goes all over your entire body. As the studies have revealed, 25% stays in the arm, 75% distributes itself all throughout the entire body and most highly congregates around the sexual reproductive systems, such as gonads, testes, ovaries, etc. The robust immune responses conferred immune protection against influenza virus challenges by homologous same virus strains and heterologous different virus strains. Let me read that again. The robust immune responses conferred immune protection against influenza virus challenges by homologous same virus strains and heterologous different virus strains. The results are also promising because needle-free intranasal influenza vaccines possess superior logistical advantages over traditional injectable vaccines. 
such as easy administration with high acceptance for recipients and the avoidance of biohazardous waste. Co-authors of the study include Dr. Chu Hong Dong, Ye Wang, Gilbert Gonzalez, Yao Ma, Yufeng Song, Dr. Seng Bu Kang, and Dr. Baozong Wang of the Institute for Biomedical Sciences at Georgia State and Shelley Wang, and Dr. Richard W. Compons of Emory University School of Medicine. The study was funded by the National Institute of Health and the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. The same ones who just got busted and exposed for funding and supporting the harvesting of babies' body parts. This concludes today's show. Till next time, Shalom Aleikum. Fortify your immune system. And yes, there is bombshell news, but I cannot address it in this clip. Still working on some things. Still putting together different programs. But we do have some bombshell news concerning this entire COVID-19 pandemic and the PCR testing and the graphene oxide and the nanoparticles and 5G connections and all of this. And the fact, the, the absolute fact that no laboratory in the world actually has isolated COVID-19 ever. Ever. That means every single PCR test that ever was done since 2019, 2020, they've all been fake. <laughs> every single one has been fake. And there's nothing for the laboratory, the laboratory technician to compare it to. There's nothing for them to match what they've tested you for against the original. They have no original. All they have is a computer program on the screen, just like Bill Gates said. A genetically modified organism that only exists on the screen of a computer. However, it does not exist in a vial that can be distributed to other laboratories to test and study and look at and be able to see exactly what we're dealing That hasn't been done yet. That is, that is just absolutely mind-blowing information. The biggest mind control operation and the biggest genocidal extermination experimentation is taking place right now. And as I said, we still have 40 to 60,000 deaths per year specifically caused by influenza. But for the year of 2020, not one was recorded. For the year of 2021, not one was recorded. That's 80 to 120,000 deaths that are unaccounted for that have been consistently recorded from 2009 to 2019 by the CDC. But mysteriously for 2020 and 2021, they all disappeared. And they all disappeared because they became what you know to be COVID-19. Which means COVID-19 is none other than the flu. Untreated.
However, it's a whole lot deeper than that. It's a whole lot deeper than that because the nanotechnology aspect has to be, the, the graphene oxide aspect has to be addressed. And this is the only thing that I can say as a preview, as a clue. We have found that through the toxicity studies and cytotoxicity studies done on graphene, graphene oxide, we have found that there are almost indistinguishable, um, indistinguishable attributes between graphene oxide and the spike protein. They cause the same type of damages. That is absolutely shocking. Shocking. And the fact that these vaccines have high amounts of graphene oxide in them, hmm. We're going to see, just like I said a million times already, a medical Armageddon unfolding. And it's not going to be amongst the unvaccinated. It's going to be amongst those who were injected with graphene oxide and the software for the production of the cytotoxic spike protein. There's no way of getting around it. Till next time, Shalom Aleikum.